Welcome to the Not Your Mama podcast. My name is Kelly Bryant, and I am the pre- and postnatal trainer who guarantees results in less time per day than your partner spends on the toilet. So I help new parents fix their abs, heal prolapse, stop peeing their pants, and get pain-free. It's a dream. I am living my best life, and this is episode one of their Not Your Mama podcast. So I feel like I need to start by saying, why not your mama? And the answer is because a lot of people who carry babies and birth babies don't identify as mama, and having a kid does not erase your own personal identity. So a lot of the time I talk about in my programs reclaiming prenatal and reclaiming postpartum and reclaiming our bodies so that we can get back to being our truest, deepest self in the world out there. And hint, surprise, you're not everyone's mama. You are still you at the deepest level. And let's honor that. So this podcast is about your prenatal and your postnatal body. It is about exercise and fitness and doing that when you've got kids, but it is also all about honoring the fact that you're not just a mom. You're a whole person and we're here to nurture the whole rest of you. Okay. So episode one, I felt like I should just get it off my chest that like, I swear. So if you're with your kids and you don't want them to repeat the words that I say, you should just like put headphones in. Um, or you should just let your kids listen to swear words and actually have a conversation with them about maybe why you don't want them to say those words. So the first episode, we are talking about why your shit falls apart when you have kids. And I'm like specifically talking about your shit as in your body. Like, why is your body, why is your body betraying you? Like, why does this stuff fall apart as soon as you get pregnant or as soon as you have a baby, maybe some of both. And we're going to split up our conversation today into two categories. There's like, why does your shit fall apart when you're pregnant? And then there's, why does it fall apart when you're postpartum? And we're going to talk about both. So I felt like there was no better way to start this podcast than by talking about one of my biggest messages that I have for pregnant people, which is that you're, the culture is feeding us some BS stuff when it comes to what we think and what we understand about pregnancy. So we get one of two cultural messages around movement and our bodies when we're pregnant. Either you're fragile, do nothing, don't, don't exercise, don't push yourself, you don't have to do any of those things. Like you can just relax on the couch and do nothing. Or there's the message, do everything. If you were doing it before pregnancy, you can keep doing it now. There's no reason that you should not be able to keep doing CrossFit and spinning on your bike and la 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 la. And both of those messages are bullshit. They're both completely wrong. And not only are they wrong, but like they actually have a lot of potential to cause harm. Let's look at how. So if you're believing the do nothing line of thinking, all of your movement habits are going to become more pronounced in pregnancy. So like, let's say you do, you know, you have that tendency like 
almost everybody, to hike your shoulders up when you're stressed. If you have a movement pattern where, like, let's say you do yoga, and so you are routinely, consciously correcting that shoulder hiking movement pattern, if you start doing nothing when you're pregnant, it's just going to become more and more ingrained. It's going to become more and more solidified. So if you often have, if you have like a very archy low back, or if you have a certain habit when you walk, any of those things that might kind of naturally be corrected, even unconsciously in our fitness programs and in our yoga classes and in all of the things that we do for movement, if you stop doing those things, those habits are going to become much more pronounced and those compensation patterns and movement patterns are much more likely to cause pain. So that's the first reason. But also there's just the fact that if you're not using your muscles, they're going to atrophy. So even if you didn't say have this problematic or pain producing movement pattern before pregnancy, if you let your muscles get weak, you're going to develop those. I call those compensation patterns. I say it like I made that word up. No, compensation patterns is the generally accepted term for when one thing is really weak. And so something else in our body jumps in to take over that job. Now that is not a desirable thing because the muscles in our body are like sized appropriately and like kind of magically inherently set up appropriately to do the jobs that we ask them to do. So we want to keep our muscles doing the jobs they're meant to do. A great example is our glutes, your butt muscles. When we're pregnant, if you aren't doing any kind of exercise where you're intentionally using your glutes, you're going to lose glute strength. Those muscles are going to atrophy. They're going to get weaker over time. What's going to jump in and take over their job? Well, it could be some of the deep rotators in the hips. A great example is the piriformis muscle. If you've ever heard of piriformis syndrome, then you know that piriformis syndrome can be really painful in your hips. You might also move that work that should be happening in your hamstrings or your glutes and do it in your quads and get really tight in your quads and your hip flexors. So you can see how if you're letting things atrophy and get weaker, it can actually cause a lot more pain and discomfort and soreness later. The other cultural message, the do everything. You can do whatever you were doing before pregnancy. Just keep going. Also BS. Why? Well, one thing, you can create a lot of what's called hypertonicity or just being over tight, right? So hyper, lots, tonicity, tone. So really toned, really tight muscles. You don't want hypertonicity, at least I'm assuming, <laughs> When you go to have that baby and they have to exit through the birth canal, you like don't want to have super, super, super tight muscles there in your pelvis. We want to cultivate some mobility, some ability to stretch and loosen and soften in our pelvis. So if you're exercising all the time, a great example is like spin. If you're on that spin bike where you're like pitched forward, you're pushing down in your legs, you're kind of holding yourself upright, you're probably engaging your pelvic floor the whole time, you are going to create probably a lot of hypertonicity. So you don't want to do that. You don't want to keep doing everything that you were doing before. Uh, you can deepen existing movement patterns. So let's say you've been working out for years with a problematic movement pattern. 
if you're not radically shifting the way you exercise while you're pregnant, and what I mean by radically shifting is like getting more embodied, getting more feedback potentially from a coach or from an outside person observing your form, then you could deepen those movement patterns, right? So if you have a tendency to arch your back and you're doing glute bridges when you're pregnant, it's entirely possible that you've always done glute bridges with a really arched back. Might not have been a problem before you got pregnant, but once you're pregnant, pregnancy tends to deepen the arch of your back even more. So you're taking this pre-existing movement pattern, you're adding pregnancy on top of it, and you're continuing to do everything the exact same as you always did. You're not going to like the results. So what do we want to do instead? In that case, we want to get more feedback. We want to like actually retrain our body to learn how to listen to our body and what it's letting us know. And there's this other component, which is the mental and emotional stress and pressure that we put on birth. Because in my experience, the people who have this do everything mindset, who are like, I can do CrossFit until I'm nine months pregnant. I'm going to go to spin five days a week while I'm pregnant. Those folks tend to be doing those. First of all, hi, I was one of you. So I'm not calling you out. I'm calling you in. Boo-boo, come on in. Those folks tend to be people who are very type A, control freaks. We want to control our birth. We want to make sure nothing bad happens. We want to have the perfect birth. We think that training super, super hard is going to give us the perfect birth. As I hopefully have demonstrated here, in fact, training super, super hard could be creating hypertonicity that makes it harder for the baby to get out during birth, deepening your pre-existing movement patterns and problems, and additionally adding on this layer of stress where anything that happens during birth is going to be your fault, right? You're trying to do everything perfectly while you're pregnant to get a certain outcome in your birth. And let me just tell you, you can't. You cannot guarantee any outcome in birth because it is based on hormones. It is based on all of these physiological processes over which we have no voluntary control. And even more importantly, no one births in a vacuum. Your birth experience is also going to be determined by the people in the room with you, your provider, the hospital's protocols, your partner's belief in your ability to birth, the doula or the birth photographer, or all of the other, your parent, your all these other people who you're inviting into the birth are going to have an influence on it. So you cannot take sole ownership of your birth outcomes. In fact, the things that you can control are pretty limited. So you need to just take that stress and take that pressure off of yourself because trying to exercise your way to a perfect birth is a lot more likely to cause more problems than less. I'm going to say that again. Trying to exercise your way to a perfect birth is more likely to cause issues, problems, making things worse than it is to actually make things better. So those are those two cultural messages, and those are why those are complete BS. I'm going to really briefly touch on the hormones and the postural components of pregnancy and why those are screwing your body up, making your shit fall apart. Like, we all already know about how the hormones mess with our brain during pregnancy. So that's a big part of it, right? Just 
like (laughs) the same physiological issue, the same ache or pain when we are having this like heightened emotional, hormonal, mental state is it's going to be very different than if we're in like a super calm, neutral mental state. And like, let me just tell you, there's very, (laughs) there's no such thing as like a super calm, neutral mental state in pregnancy. It's like highs and lows, right? I don't know. Maybe you disagree with me. Maybe your experience was different. I'm speaking from my experience and that of my clients and just the emotional experience of the same physiological issues is going to be very different based on the hormones. So that's one thing. Another part of it is that the hormones themselves are also influencing our body. So the hormones are making your connective tissue looser and looser connective tissue, looser joints means tighter muscles, right? So you're not just like going to turn into jello. Like if your joints all start getting a lot looser, everything's a little loosey goosey. You've probably heard this before, right? Relax in, it's making your joints loose. It's making space for the baby, blah, blah, blah. Um, you might not have the experience of everything feeling really loose because that joint looseness is being compensated for by your muscles. Your muscles are going to jump in and be like, oh, dang, this pelvis is all over the place. It's like, wow, it's a weeble wobble in here. So the muscles are going to come in and create that tightness and create that stability so that you don't just like flop over like one of those inflatable flailing arm man things at the car dealership. So hormones are a big part of it but also posture. We are just physically, the growth of the baby is shifting our posture. And I'm going to talk way more about this in a future episode, but suffice it to say for right now, your posture is being changed by the growing baby. It's tending to deepen the arch of your low back, flare your ribs out, turn your legs open, and that in turn messes with your knees and your feet as well. So there's all of these physiological changes. There's, of course, increased blood volume. Everything's a little bit more swollen. Our blood pressure changes. There's a lot of other things happening here as well. But those two, the hormones creating all this looseness, which actually in in effect often creates more tightness, and the postural shifts, those along with the movements that we're making or not making based on cultural messaging around pregnancy, that's why your shit's falling apart. And the good news is, you can change all of those things. Let's talk about postpartum. So we're going to talk, we got episodes on episodes on episodes to talk about that more. How do you fix it? How do you correct it? But let's talk about postpartum. The hormones are still there, right? You think <laughs> if you're pregnant right now, you think that like, this is going to all just get better once you're, once you're postpartum, <clears throat> not going to get better, just going to be different. So your mood, is going to be way different. You're going to have possibly much less energy or interest in exercising or moving your body. That is going to contribute for sure. You're still pretty loosey-goosey. Now, I've heard lots of different uh, amounts of time that you're going to have those heightened, similar to pregnancy hormones. It really is variable depending on the person. It is somewhere in the neighborhood of six to 12 months or possibly as long as you continue breastfeeding, there's going to be different hormones that are impacting your joints, your muscles, and your emotions, just like pregnancy. So that's a really important component in all of this. Then there's the fact that actually having the baby for many people introduces more instability 
we have this ridiculous idea that like, we're going to grow a baby. The baby is messing with all of our stuff. The baby's messing with your low back and they're messing with this and they're messing with that. And we think, all I have to do is get this baby out of me and then I'm going to feel better. You're wrong. You're not going to feel better. In fact, the baby is in there creating stability. They take up space. That growing uterus, the placenta, the baby, all of that stuff is taking up space. So yes, your shit's getting stretched out, but there's something inside of it. Once the baby comes out, it's like your your body is like a deflated balloon. It's like everything is loose. Everything is unstable, right? If you were, let's like just imagine you have a water balloon. There's a plate sitting on top of the water balloon. As the plate is sitting on top of the water balloon, it's really unstable. Like it's rolling around. It's kind of unstable, blah, 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 blah. But if you take a pin and you start letting the water drain out of that water balloon, obviously the plate is going to fall to the ground because you're taking all of the support out from under it. That's what happens when you have a baby. You take all of the support out from under these stretched out muscles and these bony structures that have been shifting and adjusting to accommodate the baby really rapidly. So you, I don't know if you could hear my fingers snap there really rapidly. We're losing all of the stability that came from the baby. That's important to keep in mind. Obviously then you have your birth experience. So that baby either came out vaginally or came out surgically They haven't figured out a way to just pull them out magically without having to come through your body. So either you had all of the muscles of your pelvis get stretched like a lot. You just had a melon pass through your genitals and you may have additionally had some kind of trauma to the tissue as well. Very, very common to have. I think second degree tear is the most common. Um, Very common to have some amount of tissue damage. That tissue damage is going to affect the nerves. And in turn, that's going to also affect the muscles. So you're just going to have much less control and awareness of the pelvic floor. And that's completely normal. Then there's the option where you actually had the baby surgically through the abdomen, in which case every layer of tissue from your skin to the baby was cut and then stitched back together again. So you're going to have those same issues. There's like the nerve issues related to uh, having all of that tissue cut, just regaining the strength. That's like pretty significant. So there's been tissue damage on top of this lack of stability. So your abs are all stretched out, your pelvic floor has been stretched out, or your abdomen's been cut open. And you have this emotional component of your hormones, which are just like skyrocketing. I think it's like pretty normal to expect that to take a toll. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that is where we're at in your postpartum body. If we just like, (laughs) if we could just like suspend you, float you in air and look at your body, that's what would be going on. Now, on top of that, you're going to have some pretty significant lifestyle shifts. So we had all those shifts that came in pregnancy, all of those compensation patterns, all of those movement patterns and postural changes that were developed. Now, on top of everything else, I don't know if you know this or not, you also have a newborn now. (laughs) Sucker. (laughs) So you have a newborn now and that's going to like radically change your lifestyle as well. Like, duh. Like, I feel like I need to add a duh here and yet 
we all are like somehow surprised by this when this happens. So don't let yourself be surprised. This is like not, not that surprising. You now have a newborn and that's going to mean you're sitting a lot more. Whether you are breastfeeding or bottle feeding, you are going to be hunched forward over this baby for extended periods of time. You are probably not walking around the house as much for a week, two weeks, maybe even six weeks if it's a C-section. So we have all of these physical changes that happen. And then we have even more atrophy while we're not using our bodies. And probably while we're not using our bodies, we're kind of like crunched up, collapsed into these sitting positions or with our, you know, with our shoulders hunched forward or our knees tucked in. So we're just not like getting stretched back out again. So obviously that's going to take a toll as well. Like imagine if whatever you did, like whatever exercise or movement or anything that you're doing, even if it's just walking to and from your car at work, if you just take all of that movement away, you're, it's like, I just pictured like a, like a drying flower, just like kind of crumpling in on itself. That's what happens postpartum. And it takes conscious effort to shift that. So if you want to know why your shit falls apart when you have kids, the answer is it starts in pregnancy. We are getting one of these two cultural messages about movement. They're both a lie. The correct answer is somewhere in the middle where you are still moving, but you're moving with a lot of thoughtfulness, a lot of embodiment, a lot of consciousness, making sure that you have really stellar form and focusing on the things that you are going to need for birth and for postpartum. And then on top of that, you have hormones that are actually physiologically changing your body and changing your mood. And then you have all of these postural changes that just come from the actual size and growth of the baby. Then in postpartum, we've still got all those hormones still messing with us both both physiologically and emotionally. And you also have this radical lifestyle shift where you're sitting all the time, you're hunched forward over a baby. There's just, it's wild, y'all. The amount of change that happens in our body over this basically one year period is huge. And so the whole point, so why did we start with this conversation? Like, I mean, I know it's like a super uplifting conversation. Like everything is falling apart. You're screwed. That's not what I want you to leave with today. What I want you to leave with is it took a year. Your body went through these radical changes it's going to take some time, but you can 100% when you break it down like this, it's very clear to see that you can change, shift and adjust every single one of these things. The hormones are going to balance back out eventually. (laughs) Lord willing, they will balance back out. You can re-engage the muscles and you can create stability again. You can address the mindset that created this desperation to control and force a certain outcome. And you can change your postural habits and the way that you do exercise and become really embodied. It is honestly very simple, not easy, but simple. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about reclaiming your ownership of your body, your autonomy to create that change. Because I know it is possible for every single person listening to me. And who are you to disagree with me? I know this shit. I know it. So don't you go disagreeing with me. Don't you go, yes, Kelly, but for me, it's different. 
I'm different. My problem is worse. I might do an entire episode about this, but in AA, they call that terminal uniqueness. I love that. I love that expression. We all think that we are like so different and so special. You are not. This is universal. What you are experiencing is not unique. Of course, it's important to you. Of course, it feels enormous to you, but it's really not. You can do this. Okay. I'm not going to call you mama. You got this, boo, dear one, my love, my darling, you can do this. Okay. So that's where we're going to leave it for today. Next episode, we are going to start about how to actually start a fitness program. So if you've been thinking, this is awesome, Kelly, love it. I would love to start a fitness program, but I just can't do it. I don't want to do it. It's too hard. Blah. Next episode is for you. Okay. So listen to how to actually start a fitness program. That's gonna work. All right. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. This episode is brought to you by personal training with me, Kelly Bryant Wellness. My KBW personal training programs are the bomb.com. And how do I know that? Because my clients get incredible results. So I literally guarantee your results. That's what I want you to know. I guarantee that in three months, you will feel stronger, more pain-free, and better than you do right now for your money back, period, no questions asked. There's literally nothing for you to lose by getting started. So if you would like to do a consult with me about whether my personal training programs are right for you, I would love for you to go to kellybryantwellness.com slash contact slash pound hashtag number symbol appointment. Okay. Kellybryantwellness.com slash contact slash hashtag appointment. Or of course, we'll link that up in the show notes for you. All right. Nothing to lose. Change your effing life. Let's do it.